Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, this is UFC Talk 17 on the heels of UFC 274, Oliveira versus Gagey. So tell me what you thought of last night's card. Yeah, so I missed most of the card. My sister got married and I did the wedding and we drank from 12 to like 2 a.m. So I, I missed a lot of it. And then like while I was at the bar, I was trying to like find the fights on the phone. And I did finally get the last fight. And the last fight was amazing. It was like four minutes, but it felt like it was better than like 40 minutes of fights or whatever, you know? And it was just like, I was like, I holy it. shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like there's always something happening every 20 seconds. It's such a... It was a barn burner. It was one of my favorite fights, maybe ever. It reminded me of a Nick Diaz, Paul Daly. Do you remember that one? Like, yeah, uh-huh. to me, that was like one of the greatest one round fights ever. Like so many back and forths. Mm-hmm. And this was, I think, even more technical and exciting yes. mm-hmm. than that one. That one was like a little bit brawlish, but fun. Mm-hmm. But this one was like super technical and crazy fun at the same time. Yes. Agreed. So I should also point out, maybe listeners don't understand this, but when you said I did the wedding, you meant officiate it. Yes, I officiated the wedding. I've like officiated like a dozen weddings now. Like, so I'm kind of like a wedding person. And, uh, but this one made me the most nervous because it's my little sister. Mm -hmm. And so for like a couple months, I was like, fuck, what am I going to say? How am I going to do this? Like, I got to make everybody happy. So yeah, anybody listening, they want to get married. I could do it for you. Yeah, this and, dude's a pro. Uh, and if you want to renew your vows, I could do that too. Mm. And I'll make it interesting. Our friend Greg, he was on, he, I don't know if he was on this pod, but I did his wedding and I incorporated pro wrestling. And I had another friend I incorporated like Game of Thrones. I've done interracial weddings, gay weddings. I even did a dog wedding. Nice. We, <laughs> we married two of our dogs <laughs> and we thought they should get married. So, and actually, one person at the dog wedding literally cried. Like I did, like I was, I did a brief history of dogs and like their evolution. And someone was like, uh, like I started crying. So that's great. I love making people cry and laugh. That's awesome. All right. So, all right. So let's just, I guess we'll start off hot with Oliveira Gagey. Was it what you expected? Did you, I mean, you obviously enjoyed it. I loved it, but let's also mention first that Oliveira technically he came into the fight as the champion, but they took away his belt. Yeah. Because he was a half pound over the limit. And in normal fights, they let you, like if you're fighting at 155, lightweight, they let you go to 156. But for a championship fight, you have to be 155. And Oliveira came in at 155.5. And so they stripped him of the belt. So technically, only Gagey could have won the belt. And right. Oliveira couldn't do anything. But Oliveira the whole time was like, I don't care. I'm the champion. Yeah, which I kind of agree. I don't know. He ends as the number one contender still. Like his next fight is for the championship still. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to? There's also a lot of controversy about the scale because apparently the scale, the the check scale, was a pound off from the the competition scale, like the actual scale, and so that was why the discrepancy came up. And other fighters had brought it up, but it wasn't an issue until Oliveira. And what was really funny. Someone said, 
when Ferguson went to weigh in, he jumped onto the scale and they're like, yo, he broke it. <laughs> yeah, he might have recalibrated that. I didn't realize other fighters also said that. And and because to me, like a pound is so big. You could take a dump and it's a pound. Well, not Can't really, you? but I mean, that'd be a huge dump. But yeah, I've taken some two pound dumps this last week, but I don't send pictures like my other friends do. You also got to remember when you are dehydrating that much, you're not taking the dump. You can't. Couldn't he just shave his head? Like how much is his hair? Like a few ounces? Yeah, your hair is going to weigh like an ounce. Just one ounce? Yeah, it's That's really not a- much. I've done these things. See, this is why fighters should stop shaving their chests. It gives them like a little bit like leeway room. And I, I feel like they try to be too pretty. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. So you need this like excess... I don't know. I thought you got to follow the rules, but it's also just half a pound. In my head, it doesn't matter. He's the champion. So I I think the rules are whatever. We did get a lot of DMs about this. I got a lot of DMs on this about like, yo, why couldn't he make the half pound? It's just a half pound. How could he not make a half pound more? But what people don't realize is when you're cutting like 20 pounds, a half pound could be the difference between you passing out or not. Like when you're in a sauna and you're sweating that out, like the last bit, when you stop sweating, You've got nothing left. You're on the verge of passing out. And I'm sure that was the instance where it's like, yo, he's not sweating anymore. That's it. It's it's done. And you, you know what's crazy too? When uh, Oliver went in, he got weighed. He was 156. And then he had an hour to go back. Mm-hmm. And in, the, in that one hour, Justin Gagey weighed himself at 155 and then started drinking water and then eating and then took a picture. And he was 162. So he gained seven pounds in an hour. And like yeah. that, and that's what also makes the sport kind of silly and funny at the same time. It's like, all right, Oliver, you didn't make the 155. But like, here's Gage, he's already 162. It just seems off. Like, I wish the fights were a little bit like, all right, you go into weigh-ins. I mean, you do the weigh-ins right before the fight. And maybe you have a range between like 155 and 160. <clears throat> I don't feel like five pounds should determine like, but here's Whether the thing, though, if you were to do weigh-ins right before the fight and you gave him that five-pound clearance, everyone's going to try to weigh 160. And then you'll have that one guy that's 161. What do you do? I don't feel like everybody would try to weigh 160. I feel like they'd be like, all right, I'm eating, I'm drinking. Like, I, I could, in this range. And plus, one F, doesn't 1FC do something where they test you and you have to have a certain amount of water so you can't cut? And if you're fighting, yeah. you're not. If you're fighting yeah. that night, no one's going to cut that night because they'll be too weak. Well, they check up on you to make like, they basically have like checkpoints along the ways to weigh in to make yeah, sure that you're like on pace, you're doing it safely, you're doing it right. I don't know if I'm just like out of touch or like I don't get the sport fully, but I don't know if I'm rolling with somebody and someone's 155 and I'm 150. Like, I don't go, oh my God, this guy's 155. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, right. oh, we're the same. I know it, it, it is like, you're right. But you also have to draw lines somewhere because so you start muddying those waters, you have no lines and everyone's going to go crazy. I know. I get it. I got it. That's yeah. why I feel like but the whole cutting game makes it so like you're trying to like have this fine line and you're hurting yourself. Like just make it like, all right, this is what you are naturally. You're like a 155 or like 160. And like, all right, you're in that range. You just can't be higher than that. It'd be easier if we did weigh-ins in kilos and you had a half kilo clearance. Which is a pound, no? 1.1 pounds, yes. But most scales, when they do kilos, right, even if you're talking about like a tenth or a hundredth on a kilo, in pounds, like 
you know, when they show you the pounds in hundreds, like the denomination is way more volatile because dealing with bigger numbers. Interesting. Kilos, it's a bit less. That's a good point. So you'd probably have less problems, especially if you just did kilos into the 10th. Americans don't fuck with kilos. I know. They're too stupid because yeah. it requires math. We're like, what? 2.2 pounds per kilo? And then it's right. Like we, we break yeah, and now down. imagine if you did weigh-ins and like, oh, like they give you a, a kilo clearance. Like, yo, all right. Most everyone would make it. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. All right. 2.2 pounds. Like you don't have yeah. to go so damn cutting like that extra pound. You wouldn't want to risk it. I don't know. But a little bit of the cutting frustration, whatever. But all right. Should we just go on to the fight? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thought um, the fight was amazing. So that's awesome that you saw that fight. That was, it's got to be the best fight for sure. I, I think it's one of the be- my favorite fights. And honestly, after that fight, I was like, dang, I think Oliver is my guy, man. Like I, he, he's over becoming my favorite fighter at the moment, just because of how exciting it is. And just thinking about his total story, like it's really like coming into it now. And he's a little bit like Tony Ferguson in the sense where we've seen his whole career. He started yes. fighting the UFC at 20. I think he's 32 now. Mm-hmm. So 12 years in the UFC is like, I don't know, 12 years ago, the UFC was like just starting to like build itself, you mm-hmm. know, and, and like be on TV. And it wasn't weird saying you were a fan of it. And as a 20 year old fighting in martial arts, like getting your ass kicked by men, even though you're talented, is not easy. And the whole time, Justin Gagey in this, lead up to the fight was like Oliver's a quitter. He's quit like four times. I've heard that. Yeah. But it's like, yo, he quit maybe when he was like, and when he quit, really he's saying he's got his ass kicked and he tapped. Mm-hmm. But it was like when he was like 23, 22, going against like 32 year old martial artists, like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not easy at all. But he would also have wins in between too. It wasn't like he would lose four in a row. Like he would win, lose, win, lose. Like he was yeah. building himself up. And now, He's on an 11 fight win streak and 10 of those fights have been finishes. Yeah. And the only person he didn't finish in that 11 fight win streak was Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Meanwhile, if anybody watched that fight with Oliver and Tony Ferguson, he literally almost ripped Tony Ferguson's arm off. Mm -hmm. It was the grossest submission attempt I've ever seen (laughs) where I was screaming like, stop the fight, stop the fight. And just because Tony's insane, he didn't tap. He really should have 11 finishes in those 11 fights. It is crazy because it is a huge streak, especially of finishes too. Like what more can you ask from your fighter? I mean, name a more exciting fighter than Charles Oliveira at this point. I, I, I mean, it could, have been argued, it could have been argued that Gagey was a more exciting fighter. Like he always mm. says, like he brings like car crashes. But the, to me, the thing that makes Oliveira even more exciting is he does everything. He yes. strikes He's the cleanest striker I've ever seen where like everything he throws, it seems like it's like perfect form. Not like the best striker, like Anderson Silva did, but he was like flowy and it was like magic. It just seems like Oliver like follows like a textbook, mm-hmm. like right pivots and the right turns. And he does everything so methodical. His clinch game is amazing. And then his jujitsu is ridiculous. And I'm sure his wrestling is good too. He's the most well-rounded fighter. That's also super exciting. Yeah, uh, agreed. He hasn't lost since 2017. His last loss was Paul Felder. So what was that five years ago? So he was 27. Yeah, so like that's when he like fine because I think he was skinny at 145 and he felt like 
not like skinny, like obviously he'd be the average person, but like compared to the other dudes, they were just like a little bit more solid. Mm-hmm. And now he looks solid. Like he's grown into his body. Yeah. I mean, there was one point where he lost four out of six fights. To who? And that was right before this 11 fight win streak. So his losses were Paul Felder, Ricardo Lamas, Anthony Pettis, and Max Holloway. All right. So Pettis was a champion. Holloway was a champion. Paul Felder is like a man, like, and strong. Like Ricardo Lamas has been a contender too. So yeah, these these are, these are real. Yeah. He lost the upper echelon people. I think when he grew into his body, like his previous losses before that were Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, Donald Cerrone. Almost champion, almost Jim champion. Jim Miller, he avenged that. Yeah, those are all of his losses. Yeah, Jim Miller, like one of borderline legend of the sport, like Lozans and them. Like, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. I think, I think, yeah, this is, I was listening to ESPN radio. Mm-hmm. So on the sports radio stuff, they never talk about MMA really, but then they started talking about it a little bit because ESPN bought them. And now yeah, when Altair missed weight, they were talking about it. And it's amazing how little people know about MMA in like the typical sports. Like when I hear Stephen A. Smith talk about it or something, mm. I'm like, I'm like, you obviously know all your other sports, but you are dumb when you talk about these sports. And and they were like talking about like, oh, Oliver's 32. And they were like comparing it to other sports like he's old. And they're like, how can you get better? Like at that age, you know, like <laughs> and it made me but it made me think because I feel like a lot of the other sport and tell me if I'm wrong, but okay. this is just a theory but all right baseball what do you do like obviously there's intelligence in the sport like when to run and when to steal a base and but it's also like what not to do makes you smart you know and all right in the end you swing at a pitch and you got to hit it and whatever football it's like running fast and agility and learning your plays but to me like yeah fighting you get better later because the technical skill of like when to do there's just so many more moves yeah, it's like you're in the right place at the right time all the time. It's harder uh, it, to get better. It's harder if you're thinking better. about it with other sports. Think about like if you're playing football, you're lined up in the best position for your pass rush every single time. You know, and it's almost like you know what the offense is doing, so your defensive play is going to be amazing. You know, it's almost like cheating in that regard. Like you know what they're doing in baseball. It's just like you know where this guy's going to hit. You're on the field. You know that that ball's coming to you. It's just easier to make the play. That's how I think of fighting is like, you're just, there's a savvy to it. You're in the right place at the right time all the time with that experience. So even if you're losing a step on speed, even if you're losing a step on strength, it doesn't matter because you're a step ahead. Mm -hmm. And even though things like baseball, I mean, not baseball, uh, like jujitsu and wrestling, it takes long to be great at. It does. I'd say that's any sport. That's not unique to that. But I feel like you could, I guess... I mean, look, John Jones is 21 and became a champion. I guess whatever. Talking about it, I have to, I'm like backtracking a little bit, but I do. And and Mike Tyson was a champion at 21, but I feel like, or 19, maybe Tyson. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, yeah, a jujitsu black belt, like a wrestling, like the Olympians, like it's like 28, 29. You just can't, you got to be a super freak to make it at 20. Yeah. Where there's good NFL players at 22. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like they could come into the league and be good. Same thing with baseball because they just got those fast twitch muscles. They're, you know, like they know what they're doing. Where I think with wrestling and grappling and jujitsu, like it takes more years to get good. Yeah. Well, I would also mention that like 
athleticism is, is pivotal in those. And even though it's really important in MMA and the martial arts, athleticism is always going to take a backseat to the technique. Okay. You phrased it better than what I was trying to say. That, that's how it, yeah. That's what I think is what shows the most. That's also the allure of it too. What people love about it. Yeah. Cause anything could happen. Like look at Glover Teixeira. He's mm-hmm. 40 and, or 41 or 42. And Speaking can't... of which there was a fight on the, yeah, it was, it was either, I think it was the opening fight because they had to cancel Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lazon, which is a huge bummer that I was really looking forward to that fight. But uh, Donald Cerrone got sick or something, non-COVID related mm. illness. They canceled that fight. So the fight that got on the card was Francisco Trinaldo versus Danny Roberts. And I wasn't that familiar. All I knew about Francisco Trinaldo is he's old. Okay. I didn't realize how old he was. He's 43. But this dude came out and put a beating on Danny Roberts. And it was like, it reminded me of like Yol Romero, but with fight IQ. And like really? the, the viciousness and athleticism. And you're like, how is this guy 43? Like you could see in his face like he's 43. But the way he moved and how aggressive he was, I loved it. It was motivating as an older guy. I was like, fuck yeah, this dude is the man. I love it. And Danny Roberts, his opponent was a young gun. So it was really cool to see Francisco Trinaldo. You should watch that guy. It, it's something. Yeah, I'm always going to root for the older dudes, too. Now that it was awesome, I would definitely like it was a good fight. But seeing the way that that guy moves and stuff, because there's, there's parts of you like as you get older, you're like, oh, man, you're probably losing strength or athleticism and stuff like that. Then you watch him and you're like, oh, no, no, you got enough. It's good. Like, it's motivating to say. Yeah, you need enough. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was a great fight. So I, that's one of the fights I would rewatch if I missed the card. I'm going to. I rewatched the Oliveira Gagey fight like five times already. Like, oh, wow, it was okay. like, well, you can. It's pretty short, but yeah, it's so short. Well, yeah. I, a lot of the highlights too, over and over again. Should we it just is basically a highlight. Through? Yeah, yeah. The whole thing was a highlight. Should, should we go through it, or how do you want to like? Well, we don't have to. I mean, it, it was a great back and forth battle with Oliveira Gagey. Um, yeah, Gagey seeing two- how like they get dropped, and it's like an Oliveira fight. It's like he looks like he's gonna get finished. Yeah, it, it was incredible. So I read something interesting twice. Gagey. <laughs> that was my dog twice. Gagey really fucking cracked Oliveira. Mm-hmm. And the first time Oliveira kind of fell down to his butt. Now, the second time it was like a combination that Gagey hit on Oliveira. And then it took like a second or two. And then Oliveira hit his butt. Mm-hmm. And what people are saying is, and I guess the Diaz's did this too, but I never like thought about it when they get hurt. They decide to just fall on the floor because they're like, whatever, I'm going to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's what Oliver was doing where it wasn't really, really a knockdown? But yes, he was because like, there was a point not far after that, that he tried to pull guard. Really? Yeah. He actually jumped up and pulled guard, went down to the floor. Gagey got out and he's like, nah, stand up. That happened remember. during the fight. Yeah. So like, I do think that was a strategy. And that's- even when Oliveira had him hurting from you know, his hands, he still decided to go straight to jiu-jitsu. I I think now there is definitely a narrative that Gage's jiu-jitsu is not good. It's definitely not going to compete with like, I know you were talking about Khabib and Oliver who have, you know, what some of the best finishing games there is. It's not the best finishing games. But I think after seeing Khabib, it looked very apparent that Oliver is like, oh, I have a big gap here. 
Interesting. I feel like Oliveira would probably feel that way against anybody, though, because he did the same thing to Poirier. Yeah, but I would say it's probably a lot bigger with Gagey than some of the other top lightweights. Okay. That's like if, like if I'm running through that list of lightweights, I don't think Oliveira does that with a few guys. Chandler was different, but Chandler, he just fucking really. How, where did this power come from, from Oliveira? Because when he touched Gagey, he wasn't able to, he didn't take him down. He just knocked him down. It's timing. It's precision. That, that, that's, I'm telling you, like even when we ask this question, it's like what punch hurts the most? It's the one you don't see. It doesn't matter really how much power is on there. It looked like every punch, though, that he hit Gagey with hurt Gagey. It did. And that surprised me because Gagey went, what, three rounds or five rounds with Poirier, like three vicious rounds with Chandler. Like Gagey's been in there with everybody. He took punches from Khabib, like Khabib knocked down McGregor. Like, yeah. And here's Oliveira, who's not known as a striker, who has the sub record, but obviously is a striker now, but just we don't yeah, get that. He's getting those KOs, yeah. And damn, he just fucking every punch he hit Gagey with. Gagey, I think, was like, what the fuck? And Gagey started winging punches, like slipping while throwing punches. And then Oliveira cracks him, Gagey falls, and then he goes, all right, I'm just going to jump on him. Yeah, so I think it's also even more surprising because he missed weight. So there was a lot of doubts on what his performance yeah. might look like. Like, oh, is he going to be so drained that he's like a shell? Is the cardio going to be there? Is the power going to be there? All those things are legit concerns. I even did a bet with Chandler, Esparza, and Oliveira. And Oliveira, as soon as he missed weight, I was like, uh-oh, now I'm nervous about Oliveira. What's great is all three of them hit through and it was a great night for me. Nice. What, was the, what were the odds on that parlay? Oh, it was great because I took Chandler, which is crazy, is I took Chandler to finish in under three, which was perfect. He finished in round two. I was like, hell yeah. I think I got like plus plus 120 or something on that. And then, and he was a heavy favorite. He was like, you know, minus 300. But to win, like, you know, you're picking the round. It gets pretty good. Carlo Esparza was a uh, plus 200. And I, and I knew it was going to be a decision. So I bet Carlo Esparza by decision too. And got another plus hundred, and then with Oliveira, he was the favorite. The odds didn't really change that much after weigh-ins, but I picked him by submission finish, and that gave me, I think, another plus one fifty or something. So like, it was all like underdog picks, but I didn't parlay it. I just bet them all. Free. Oh, I thought you parlayed it. That would have been no. a nice parlay. You would have got like ten to one, maybe. And oh yeah, I would have got something crazy. But again, I, I made a lot more money than I bet. Okay, so when when Gagey knocked him down, I didn't. I mean, when Oliveira knocked Gagey down, I didn't take it as like, oh my god, Gagey's jujitsu is that bad? Which maybe it is, but I just took it as like he got rocked, and Oliveira's jujitsu is just that good. It is. And they no, look, yeah, no, that, that is the right way to think of it. Still, yeah, he had that reverse triangle kind of he was going mm-hmm. for, and he was like hitting him in the head, and like I think Gagey was like, holy fuck, this is happening to me. And the only thing you could do is kind of turn into it. And then it looked like Oliver was like, oh, this is cake. And then just took his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oliver was just a step ahead the whole way. His grappling, his awareness is so good. And then he just sque- squeezed the life out of him. And I think Gagey did fall asleep for a second, but he did tap. Mm-hmm. And then maybe fell asleep for a second, but then it was he, he got back up. Yeah, so now Justin Gagey in title defenses has been finished both times. 
and fell asleep both times. And, and tap- I'll say this. I am very happy with that. I do not want Justin Gagey to be a champion. <laughs> yeah, you hate. I don't hate Justin Gagey. I like Justin Gagey, but I did think Justin Cage Gagey came off like an asshole this last week. All he kept saying was, Oliver is a quitter. Oliver is a quitter. And then he's like, look, Oliver tapped once and quit once. So once a coward, always a coward. And then he would say, now I'm not calling him a coward, but once a coward, always a coward. Which in my head is like, what the fuck does that mean? Just call him a coward. Like, you're such an asshole. This is why I don't like AG. He says stuff like this all the time. He says he went, like, Khabib had to go through hell to beat him. And I'm like, it's actually pretty cake. Like, all (laughs) all the things he says, I just, I can't stand. It is cringe. Like, you're taught. And then he goes, oh, look at Oliveira's last fight. He got knocked down. He quit. His last fight, he choked out Poirier after he got, literally the last three fights, Oliveira gets knocked down and then comes back to finish it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the opposite of quitting. And maybe he did that when he was 22. So, like, what am I going to say? Like, oh, what you did at 22 is who you are for the rest of your life. Like, you know right. what I mean? And then, but the thing that pissed me off is Gagey actually tapped. So you did quit. Why not just fall asleep? Like, yeah. if you're going to how much shit, just fall asleep. But I guess there's rules. If you fall asleep, you can't fight for six months or whatever. Like, commission but still you're gonna talk so much shit you should back it up by at least just going to bed like you're not gonna break your arm yeah just go to bed yeah you could yeah you could totally go with that so would you say gagey's a quitter now i mean i would never say that i think tapping is a legit way out of it all but marking based on what he said yes yeah exactly based on his criteria yes he's mm-hmm. a quitter and a coward but in everybody else's criteria, no, because you lost fair and square. And it's yeah. just the right thing to do. Like, all right, you beat me, you beat me. Mm-hmm. I was happy that Oliveira did that because, yeah, Gagey was talking stupid trash. Just say, yo, he's not that good and I'm better than you. Or like, But like this quitting thing and then using the example of a fight that he actually won. Like, it's like, all right, you're a little dumb, Gagey. <laughs> like, you're just coming off. Yeah. Like a- he rubs me as not bright in yeah any way. Yeah. Somebody made a comment, though. He's from like a poor fucking town in Arizona where it's like you could just be like a copper miner, like whatever. Like he's just sure. a little fight but, more, say less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I do were- think Oliveira starts to begin the conversation of, oh, shit, could he put together? I know this wasn't a title defense, which is a real shame because it's going to like really hurt his legacy. But I don't know. A couple more wins. All of a sudden, does this guy become the greatest lightweight? If he beats Islam Makachev, which should be the next fight. It's not the next fight. I'll tell you right now, I, it's not going to be the next fight. What do you think is the next fight? For Oliveira? Yeah. I think he's more likely to fight Conor McGregor than he is going to fight Islam Makachev. I told you my conspiracy theory was that Dana fucked with like the weigh-ins and was like, we can sell a fight with Conor <laughs> Here, if it's not for a title or it's for a title, but it's like, oh, you don't have the title as opposed to you have the title and then he gets the title shot. 100%. Yep. That's I a great theory. There's like a 5% chance, I thought. Like, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but there's like, there's a part of me that sees Dana and them being like, okay, and all right, Oliveira, you'll make like three, four, five million dollars in this one fight. Like, mm-hmm. he's from the fucking favela. Like, yeah, sure. It There's a part of me that does. All right. But so those are two different discussions. But yeah. what I will say about your initial comment about like where he is in the pantheon of like goatness. Yeah. 
if he beats Islam Magachev, who's like a baby Khabib, and he was somehow able to dominate Islam, then it's like, yo, wait up. He really could be the best ever. If Islam crushes Oliveira and like it has no fear of any of the subs because his grappling is just as amazing, uh-huh. then it'd be like, all right, Khabib would have smashed you. Okay, so with just one more win, I mean, you could argue that Oliveira has had the greatest UFC lightweight streak of all time. Yes, right definitely. now. With one yes. more win, he for sure has the greatest lightweight streak in UFC history. If he can get another two wins with that title, I think he's the greatest lightweight of all time. I don't think it matters who those two people are. I One think of them does... will probably be Makachev. Maybe. Who knows? But don't count Benil Dariush out. Maybe he wins. Who knows? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do... I think even White said, maybe I'll do Islam Oliveira. He said, he said Joe Rogan went up to him and was like, don't do Makachev Dariush. And I thought that was interesting that he said that. Like Joe Rogan was like, yo, don't do yeah. it. I think Joe Rogan's like, no, do Islam Oliveira. I think he's speaking like a fan. And Islam Oliveira is basically the light version or the diet version of Tony Ferguson Khabib. Like it's just it's I think like people a- are, are more lines of saying like Makachev should still fight somebody else after Dariush. I, I don't know. It depends on how that that's shaking out. Right now, Oliver is beating everyone else. The way the timing works. He beat Poirier. He beat, like, I, I don't know who else. He beat Chandler. Yeah. If he beats Makachev, though, then there's a legit argument that he's the GOAT. Yeah. Maybe RDA. I don't know. Nah. They might do RDA versus Makachev still, and the winner of that versus Oliveira. I'd be okay with that. I know, but it's just the reason I'm slightly against that is because when's that fight going to happen in two months? And then we have to Correct. wait. Like, but that's like, what I'm I saying. Don't... Oliveira versus McGregor or I don't know. But McGregor's not going to be ready for like four months anyway, like a while at least. So I want to just see Makachev, Oliveira. And if Oliveira wins, I think you're going to see a lot of people being like, yo, Khabib, you should come back because he just beat your disciple. Okay. Yes. That's not going to happen. I mean, okay, that sentiment is going to happen, but Khabib's not going to come back. Like, you never know. No, I know. He's done. I think if he I think if he smashes Makachev, I think there's a chance. I don't first of all, I don't think he smashes Makachev and I would bet on Makachev to win that fight. Cool, we'll have a bet then. I'm betting Oliveira to win. Bye finish. I won't, I won't bet though because I want Oliveira to win. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's the difference, yeah. I think Magachev will win though, because I just think he's not going to fear the grappling of Oliveira. Sure, but Oliveira, Oliveira will actually probably outstrike him. So I don't know. It's going to be close. It's a super close fight. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like if Oliveira wins, then maybe there's a chance Khabib comes back because he goes, "Holy shit, there is some challenge now." Where before everything was too easy for Khabib. Maybe I don't know. I, I think Khabib's done. All right, I think we should move on to some other fights. You want to go through? It'll be a lot quicker, that's for sure. Yeah, sure. I didn't really see the Rose fight, but everything I read about it was... You're blessed. It was the worst worst fight fight. Why was it so bad? People loved Rose. They didn't do anything. They both kept such an alarming amount of distance away from each other. And anytime distance was ever closed, it was like right back out after a strike, which wouldn't hit. 
It was so frustrating. Like, I think there was a couple of takedown attempts. Carla Esparza did land a takedown. Rose ended the fight actually taking down Carla Esparza, which is crazy. I had Carla Esparza winning that fight. I had it four to one. Rose was stunned that there was a judge that saw that four to one. That's what I had it. Interesting. Yeah, but it's like barely though. It was the hardest thing to judge because barely anything happened. Like the first round, remember we talked about it? Like, oh, if all things are considered equal, you give the round to the aggressor. Like that's if like the strikes didn't do any damage, the strike count was the same or non-existent, which is what happened in the first round. I don't think a single strike landed. I think a total of five strikes were thrown in the whole first round. Such a weird thing where I'm like, all right, she took more steps forward. So I guess she gets the round. Like that's how crazy it got. And that was most of the fight. It was completely boring. Everyone was booing during it. It was both of their faults. Yeah, it was bad. Think like Yol Romero versus Izzy, worse. They got to start doing the red cards and yellow cards from Pride, yes. where it's mm -hmm. like you're not engaging in the fight. So yeah. you get a deduction from your purse. Yeah, I think Rose really thought she was winning the fight because her body language when she would like, I think she thought she was getting points for defense, but you don't. And she even was talking about that. I'm like, there should be a real intervention with like coaches and stuff. Where she's like, yeah, I stuffed like three or four takedowns. I figured like, how'd I lose that round? I'm like, but she did take you down once though. Those, <clears throat> those stuffs don't get you points. They just don't give a Sparza points. Do you think sub attempts should get you points though? I do. Why should sub attempt points, but not... It's an attempt to finish. An attempt to finish as opposed yeah. to mm -hmm. an attempt to just take it down. Yeah. Like if someone throws a punch and I move out of the way, I'm like, oh, I'm winning. No. You're not getting hit, and that's great. And you might be winning psychologically against that fighter, but why should that play out on scorecards? Nothing essentially happened, right? There's a zero net result. That's how I look at it. It's a zero net result. I don't, I don't, I don't see that. She's coached by Pat Barry, who is her husband, mm -hmm. and Trevor Whitman, who's loved and respected. And people were like, "Yo, Pat Barry's dumb," and they were saying like they felt as though the coaching was kind of stupid because they were like, they just. We're saying positive things to Rose. And I think people, this is just all stuff I'm reading. Like Rose has been spoken like about mental health issues where like some people are like, yo, you should have just told her you're probably losing or maybe losing or there's no guarantee, but tell her. I feel like if I was coaching somebody, I'd be like, yo, I think you lost that round. But I wouldn't say it to be a dick, but I'd be like, yo, good fight, whatever. 100%, but I get, it all comes down to your fighter and knowing how the fighter gets motivated to be better. For some, it's like they need that realistic, like kick in the ass. For others, it's different. As a coach, I can say like it really depends on the person. But wouldn't all good fighters, the fact that they are fighters, want to know the truth so they can fight back? Like, yo, you're losing. Like, that's my mentality. And that's how I would want to be coached. But I know everyone's not like that. But then I don't think those are good fighters. Because if it's like, no, no, you have to tell me I did good even when I didn't. You're not a good fighter because you're already lost the fight against your own mental strength. Like, yeah, you know, maybe. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just can't be like, say. like, if we're playing baseball, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, you really hit the ball. No, you struck out. Like, you you got out. Like, it's like an obvious. Yeah, but so this would be the instance of like, oh, you'll get it next time, though, or something. Like, you know, you might say that thing that, like, is, like, just going to, like, boost their morale, whether you believe it or not, or something. You know what I mean? Well, that's what you do. You say, look, bad inning, get next at bad. Next <laughs> round, this. Like, next round, yeah. do that. But if yeah, you fair. just go, 
you did well, then they're just going to keep doing what they did, which was clearly not well. Right. So you just keep following it up. I mean, it's possible that they just really believed it too. I, which is dumb. Yeah. It wasn't. You're the best coaches in the world. Like, you know, you're fighting, like, you should be like, all right, this is not, even if it's gray, if it's a gray area, I'm telling my fighter, yo, it's gray. There's maybe you won, but don't think you won. I don't even think. It's funny that you mentioned the coaching because my cousin Connor messaged me and he's like, you're really picking against Rose. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, and against Gagey. He's like, dude, Trevor Whitman doesn't lose. I'm like, for one, yes, he can lose. (laughs) And sure enough, both of his fighters lost. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Technically, Trevor, they said, is not the head head coach of Rose. And so Pat Barry was saying a lot of stuff. Mm hmm. Also, the thing with the first fight, I mean, the last fight, Gagey Oliveira, Whitman couldn't do anything after. I feel like Whitman is very good in between rounds. Mm-hmm. Gagey lost that. Like when Gagey was fighting Tony Ferguson, there was a time where Gagey started doing some stupid shit like haymaker stuff. And Whitman told Gagey in between rounds, you're fighting like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. And then Gagey was like, oh, OK, like and he needed that. Like, mm-hmm. tell him that. And. Some people are like, why didn't he say that to Rose? And they're like, was he being too nice to Rose? Or is it Pat mm-hmm. Barry is like running the show with Rose? Right. And maybe if the fight does go to the second round with Gagey and Oliveira, maybe Gagey does better because he stops throwing those haymakers, putting himself off balance. Yeah. You know, to get hit. Yeah. Maybe he needed coaching. But Oliveira is like the hit man. He just fucking finishes. Like, that's yeah. the thing I love about Oliveira. He fucking finishes every fight. And I know. he already record for most subs like a year ago and now he's added three more to it like that's yeah. but- so here's what's interesting about rose and carlos Barza. so for one carlos Barza is now two and zero against rose which will be interesting mm. to see how rose rebounds both like how to get back to carla and two can she be carla and three rose was the first person in the women's i think history let alone that division to claim a title again Right after okay. losing it, claim it back. Well, Esparza now just did that too. Interesting. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Like they're very two unique, interesting paths and stories that have inter- intertwined. And it kind of sucks for Rose because people were, White Dana White said like, because they're like, are you going to give Rose a chance to get the title back from Carla? And he's like, I don't know how many people want to see that fight again. Yeah. And that's I, how bad. Yeah. And so like now she has to wait for her to lose it. People were putting polls online like what was more disappointing, Derek Lewis versus Francis Naganu or this. Like just the expectations were pretty big for this too. So just it sucked. Yeah. Maybe I have to watch it just to like watch a bad oh, movie. You don't have like to. You don't have to. Do you ever just watch a bad movie just because people say it's bad and you want to see how bad it is? Yes. I wouldn't do that for this. <laughs> that bad where you can't even it just, enjoy it? All of the other fights were way worth watching more than this. I wanted to watch Lozon versus Cerrone. I felt like that was a perfect retirement fight for both of them. I, I think they'll still them. make that fight happen. I want Lozon to win. I love Lozon. Me Lozan. too. Me too. He's what, him and Jim Miller to me are like... Me too. They were never champions. I think a lot of people that are uh-huh. like in the fight. But both of them are like... They're not hall of famers but they're hall of very good and like i think of matt brown in the same boat too yeah matt brown too it's like there's fighter fighters like yes i would love to learn under them like geniuses like probably 
coaches, like definitely understand the fighting spirit, but maybe didn't have the athletic ability to be the champion champion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just the timing, just the way they took matches, fights. Like it, there's a lot of variables that play out. Yeah. Maybe timing too. All right. So like, your boy, Brian Persky, our former guest is really upset that Tony Ferguson is still fighting. Dude, me too. So you saw the finish, right? I saw the finish, but I didn't see the fight. So I did Tony get a knockdown in the first round? Yes. Tony, Tony won. It's tough to say, but I think Tony won the first round. And it was so crazy. The first half of the round was all Tony. It looked like, oh shit, Tony turned back the clock. He's going to for sure win this. It was crazy the way Tony was just dominating. And eventually Chandler gets a takedown and he does, he does a bit of damage to Tony with the takedown and he controls like the second half of the round. So it was one of those rounds where it's like, all right, it looked like Ferguson definitely outclassed him for half the round, but Chandler with the takedown and control for the other half of the round, you're like, oof, okay. Uh, I would still score it as a round for Tony kind of though. The knockdown, I'm like, it's hard to win a round if you've been knocked out. Yeah. That's how I look at it. But it, there's a case that maybe Chandler did win that round. I, it's close because he did have like one or two good elbows. But Tony from the bottom with his elbows, Tony striking the way he outmatched him on the striking end in the beginning was pretty impressive. Yeah, you should totally watch that fight against a short fight. But yeah, and Tony what, was looking really impressive until he got finished with that kick. And that, and kick, was, that kick was just like a Hail Mary kick, it looked like. It was nuts. In the second round, when did the knockout happen? And how did Tony look in the second round? Or did the kick happen? 17 seconds into the second round. There wasn't uh, basically anything else that happened. I don't know. Look, Tony's 38. Dana White was saying, he, hey, Tony looked great in the first round, but he's he got to take the time off. How many 39-year-olds can fight in the lightweight division? Like, that's yeah. where athletics and size come into play. Like, if Tony's a heavyweight, all right, take a year and a half off, come back like Gustafson, you know, like it's is doing. Yeah. To take that knockout, he was out for a really long time too. That's the other thing that like, I don't think people are really talking about as much, but it was like Chandler was celebrating for a while. Like they delayed the announcement result because of how long Tony was out. And then even when they like announced the winner, you could see like Chandler go up to Tony and like Tony didn't look like he knew where he, like you could say like Chandler asked him something or said something to Tony and was waiting for a reply. And Tony was just like staring into oblivion. Like he was not there and never said anything to Chandler and Chandler just kind of like walked away knowing that like, Oh, he's still not good. We knew this was going to happen though. Right? Yeah, no, this is what a lot of people predicted, but what people didn't predict is how good Tony looked round one. And it's like, dang, it's like Tony still got some brilliance in there, but it's also, He's taken too much. <laughs> Tony's a top 20 fighter who should not be fighting. Honestly, after seeing that first round, he has the skills of a top 10 fighter still. Yeah, but his he shouldn't, is- though. He shouldn't. Yes. Yeah, it's like, uh, I agree with Brian. Like, it's like, but you know who Tony is. He's going to go until he dies. You see yeah. that each and every fight. And that's how his career is going to be, too. So let him go to Bellator and fuck up some people. That'd be great. Sure. Yeah. You're let right. him go somewhere where there's not like the killers of the killers. 
Yeah, but if people are still willing to watch Tony, if people if he's gonna be that fan favorite, the UFC's still gonna kind of want him. I know, but it's so not. <coughs> it's nice when there's these fights that happen, pay per views, and they do the interviews. Mm-hmm. You could go to the YouTube channel, and they'll just do all the interviews in a row. But you could look at the views, and it's a good way to tell popularity. And yeah. Tony's interview had by far the most views, more than Gage's, more than Oliveira's, more than Rose's. People love Tony. And similar to what I said about Oliveira, like people saw Tony from the ultimate fighter to now. Like they saw his whole career. They saw his amazing streak. It's just sad. You don't want to see like he's had four brutal knockouts, like almost yeah. had his arm ripped off, his knee ripped off. Like the people yeah. he's fighting murderers. This knockout was bad. And I think Joe Rogan said it was the greatest front kick he's ever seen. I think that's a little hyperbolic. I still think Silva Belfort was probably the best one. But I feel like I every think, single one is nuts. I think the Machida Couture one. That one pretty. is nuts. Yeah. Like they're all really crazy because they hit so unexpected and you drop like a ton of bricks each time. So I think every time a front kick lands for a KO, it's always rough. I love that. It's like a karate type move too, you know? So it's yeah. like nice to see the other martial arts like have like, oh yeah, that's sick. Like, yeah, that it worked. Another great fight. And Chandler's right. He might be the most exciting lightweight outside of Oliveira. Because Chandler just has... Chandler's not going to get knocked out easy. And he does always bring it. He's got like the body type, like the mentality to have it always an interesting fight. He's 36. And he's still yeah. like that too. You know what I mean? He's like boost up body. Where I feel like he's going to be fun to watch till he's like 38, 40. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's got that old man strength coming too. Yeah. Speaking of old man strength, Shogun fought OSP. They're both old, actually. OSP is only a year younger than Shogun, which is crazy. But Shogun was a champion in Pride at 19, right? Or 20? Yeah, like, yeah that, like, that's why. We look at Shogun, you're like, oh, OSP is probably like five years younger than him at least. Like, nope, just a year. Yeah, and Shogun's two wars with Dan Henderson. Shogun's body is that of a 50-year-old. Even yes. his face. Looking at him, not like looking at him. I'm like, dang, he looks old. Dang, he looks out of shape. And then when the fight happened, I was like, oh shit, this get this guy still kicks like a fucking animal, though. I couldn't believe it. Like seeing that dad bod throw that kick, I was like, holy shit. OSP won that that fight, and I agree with that decision. Yeah, but I won't lie, Shogun looked a lot better than I expected. I love Shogun. I was so sad when John Jones beat Shogun. Me too. Like I, I wanted Shogun to win the champ, to keep the championship, and then have John Jones come back later and win. I loved Shogun. Yep. His, I think the fact that you can't have soccer kicks hurt Shogun more than mm-hmm. anyone. I feel like he was known for like his flying, leaping face stomps. Yeah, I think Shogun throws one of the all-time most powerful low kicks. And so when you enable the rules to have soccer kicks to the head, you take a guy with the most powerful low kicks. Yeah, of course, this guy is going to be really successful with that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, OSP got him to win. It's cool to see Shogun fight. And honestly, if he's going to fight again, I'm still going to watch. I can't believe that guy. That guy is more impressive now in his old age, considering. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I get motivated by the old guys, Francisco, Shogun. I was bummed when Cerrone and Lozano are not fighting, but yeah. Maybe we just need a master's division. I know. I 
Hey, I, I would love that, but I don't know if the viewership is really there for that. And plus, like, look at the masters who compete on the senior like, level. You know, like they're good. I'm saying the senior level, meaning like of age, like just all level. Yeah. And then you have people like Glover that could, that won the actual right. championship that would have exactly. been a mess. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Whatever. I think you also have to like look at people's mental abilities. And sometimes Tony doesn't seem all there. So it's like, yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah. You got to take All right. So what about what's next for um, Michael Chandler? He called out a bunch of people. He had the best post-fight speech because he kind of hit all of his bases. <laughs> he basically called out McGregor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll fight you at 170. That way, you know, I know you want there. He's like, if it's still lightweight, it's like I had great battles with Oliveira, Gagey. So whoever wins that one, you could always see me versus that guy. And that's still a great fight, too. And you're like, all right, so that's a fair point, too. So basically, like, oh, whoever wins the title. That's cool. If not, you know, McGregor, you've got my name. I'm the most exciting fighter. He's like, we can meet at uh, 170. That would be fine. Like, yeah, okay, that's good, too. So he kind of covered his bases there. I'm like, all right. He kind of has a potential on any of those. Was it Poirier who he also called out? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Chandler could have a good fight with anybody. Yeah. I just kind of that everybody's just fucking sweating McGregor's balls. Like, yo, I want to fight McGregor. <laughs> Everyone like, is. Yep. McGregor, no. yeah, after this pay-per-view, McGregor's so happy because like Oliveira wants him, Chandler wants him, like everyone wants him. You're like, I heard Nate Diaz actually put out a tweet. He's like, all right, fine, let's do this. Even Usman, I think, mentioned it's like, come on. Like everyone's like, Yeah, I want this free money. I yeah, get it. Maybe, yeah. I have to get some free money, but it's like a little frustrating. He's gotta be so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to like Chandler McGregor is a great fight. I think McGregor would rather fight Ferguson though, or somebody that's like an easier fight. Maybe, Maybe. Gagey. I mean, McGregor's- I think McGregor put out a tweet about Chandler and that he said that even if we don't fight next, we will for sure be fighting at some point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He said something along those lines. He's like, if we don't fight next, make no mistake. We are still going to be fighting at some point. I don't think he wants, I don't think he wants to fight somebody that has like one punch knockout power right away. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what McGregor wants right now. He's, he's, he's actually playing the right move in terms of waiting long. Cause I think it like, it creates more allure now almost. This guy he also keeps put out, losing. He put out a tweet saying he wants to stay at 170 so he could be fucking, he's like, I like fucking being like a refrigerator <laughs> like yeah. Jack or whatever. Yeah. Like, I also don't know if he's going to be able to make 155 anymore anyway. Yeah, exactly. Not that he was even that good there either. Yeah, his best is 145. Yeah, it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing, the McGregor thing, but hey. I'd like to see oh. Hollow. Yeah, that would be That'd, cool. That would be fun. The Holloway is already booked for a Volk trilogy yeah, I'm set. Ex- I'm excited for that. Yeah. What do we do next with Justin Gagey? Yeah, give him like somebody like Dos Anjos or something. Yeah, I like that. He's already fought. Gagey's fought everybody. He's fought Poirier. He's fought fucking Chandler. He's fought Oliveira. He fought Khabib. Like he's fought the best of the best. Like seeing if 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 the rankings worked how I said they should work. When you lose to the champion, you drop back down to ten. We wouldn't have all this recycled nonsense. And Gagey would probably stand where now he'll probably be. Yeah, he should. Yeah, whoever's like ranked ninth or tenth, like an up and comer, like give somebody like that to Gagey. Like, let's see. 
like Gagey show that he's better than these next generation people or I think Gagey has to drop in the rankings a decent bit. It's got to be higher than Chandler. I guess, yeah. Right, but wherever Chandler is, right underneath should be Gagey. I mean, I think they're six through ten, those guys. Yeah, like there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, seven, eight, something like that, nine. All right. The other thing we should talk about, at least just briefly, is Canelo got upset last night. Yeah. I shouldn't even say it's an upset. It's not even really an upset. He goes up and wait. This guy's going up and wait, up and wait, up and wait, finally loses. Went too far. How far up and wait did he go? This is light heavy. The lightest he's competed at. Oh, welterweight. What's that? What's welterweight in boxing? I felt like he fought Mayweather like 152 or some shit. Welterweight is 147 pounds, where middleweight is 160. He fought Mayweather at 160? No. Oh, yeah. With middleweight, it was light middleweight, which is like 150 something. Yeah. All right. That's what I thought. Yeah. He fought it at. And so what did uh, Canelo fight at this one? Canelo fought at light heavyweight, which is 175. All right. Also, just a 20 pound difference. It's big in boxing. It's like multiple weight classes. So, but yeah. Yeah. 25 pounds. And Bival was an undefeated boxer too. So, and he won. Does this lower the allure of Canelo? No, I still think Canelo's probably the pound for pound guy right now. But sure, legacy wise, yeah. Because I think most people think he lost that Triple G fight, the first one. I thought he lost it. He lost to Mayweather assuredly as well. He was so young though. But yeah. Young. I mean, he's 40, 40 wins, over 40 wins when he fought Mayweather. And Mayweather even says, he's like, dude, I was almost 40 and I beat him. So, yeah. But yeah, Triple G and now Bival. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Canelo is still amazing. I think people are going to hurt his stock. I think this loss hurts his stock more than it should. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a big deal though in boxing. Yeah, I got to watch that. Like I said, I was too busy celebrating. It was good to hear that too. Yeah, it's lovely. I'm still so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In that instance, we'll end here then. Thanks for listening, guys. Like always, Anoop could probably use some rest though. All right. Good night, fellas. All right. Catch you next week, guys. Hey, guys. This is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of good service or space. So you could rent a... Arturo to teach you Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast, or some gear, right? Like our friend Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta. It would mean a lot to me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.